तात्र आमिस्त्रो बीन हजार I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Read it. Hi, welcome to Don't Read the Latin. I'm Jennifer Lovely, and my beautiful guest for today is... Abby Ekenezer. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, I'm so, so excited to be a part of this. <laughs> I literally just asked you, and I'm so glad I did. So, have you always been a horror fan? Uh, okay, so... Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just no. Uh, you know, because, like, my first horror movie was literally, like, Friday the 13th. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that, first of all, there was no, barely any diversity on there. And when there was, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, oh, okay, so <laughs> we never make it. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just I never really wanted to be involved in anything that was just, you know, so blatantly, um, that did just a huge disservice, you know, to people of color. Uh, yeah. You know, there's so, I mean, we've come a long way from, from, you know, playing servants and stuff like that and acting yeah. and, um, you know, or like just the really, really minor character or the ridiculously little funny comedic character, you know, that always yeah. dies. And so, um, you know, being a filmmaker, it's just, it was, it was, it was too much. And, and here I am. Now <laughs> it's um, horror all the time. Gosh darn it. Like, what it, it what got me. you into so we met at Crypticon, which yes. is the local Pacific Northwest uh horror convention. Mm-hmm. What got you into that? Just being a filmmaker and knowing people? Actually, no. Um the reason that I have started doing Crypticon is because I submitted a panel about diversity, right? Um mm-hmm. and POC representation uh in horror films and it was so important for me because I know Crypticon had like a lot of filmmakers and I'm a huge convention person. Like I love going yeah. to all of the other events out there too and, and even traveling for conventions. But, you know, because Crypticon was like at home, right? It was it was yeah. one of those things that, you know, I could literally go down the street because it's, it's only like 15 minutes away from where I used to live at the time. And so... Um, you know, it, it was also an opportunity because my most of my friends were always going, right? So uh, instead of going to an event with them one time a year, you know, I got to go to an event with them at least two times a year. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, it, I noticed uh, in going to Crypticon that, you know, there are a ton of filmmakers there. And then they started doing their film festival too, right? Yeah. And so one of the things that sold me so much about going the following years is that you know, they were so about doing as much diversity as possible until this last year. But it's <laughs> they were it's it's improved it, um, it definitely so much because like the first year I went, it was barely mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it was funny today because um, <sighs> I, I, I made a complaint on Twitter today that in a world where I could make 
like any request of anything I, I could want, mm-hmm. I would want to be able to do a search for directed by women. Yeah. Written yep. by women. Um, directed by a person of color. Mm-hmm. Directed by or written by. Because it's like, it's so hard. And sometimes it's so buried yeah. that, that a, you know, a woman or a person of color has has touched these things mm-hmm. that... And it's, it's really funny because a couple of years ago, I started almost entirely reading books that were, I would only read by people of color or women. Yeah. And, and once you start reading things that aren't always cishet men, like it, you lose your taste for it, even yeah. though that's all we've read for <laughs> yeah. so long. Like you, you're like, I don't want your viewpoint anymore because I'm inundated. Like yeah. I'm full up to here with your viewpoint. I'm, I'm familiar and you want somebody else's viewpoint. Mm-hmm. It's also so the same de- viewpoint over and over again, right? Or it has been yeah. for yeah. so long and, and it's just been that steady stream. And so, you know, it's nice that you can actually see more representation that's happening. You know, yeah. more people of color that are infiltrating um, the film community, the creative community in general. Like I, yeah. I got a chance to meet this um, First Nations individual uh, there. I believe it was my first year. And my director friend who, you know, I got to work on his horror feature, um, literally beginning of October. And, um, I don't think I would have ever met these people, right? Like if I, if I didn't go and and be getting the opportunities that I'm getting now, right. Um, you know, just, just in talking to my friend, you know, I get a chance to learn about this other culture that I've always been interested in. Um, and, um, trying to be as respectful as possible and, you know, doing my best to make sure that I'm also including them in my storytelling, you know, because uh, I don't think it's, it's proper for me to say, I want to write a first nation story and think that I would do it justice. You know, I'd rather have someone who is a storyteller of that background, you know, come in and say, I don't really know how to write a script. And I'm like, I can help you. Let's just write your story, you know, and let's do something with it. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I am definitely appreciative uh, to Crypticon for, <laughs> you know, for giving me the opportunity to head up a lot of the diversity panels that they did yeah. in the, the past and, couple of years. And, you know, I think about the ones that, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's funny because I grew up in northern Minnesota and actually was raised on a reservation. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. Ojibwe, Anishinaabe. Oh, my God, um, that's amazing. And, and it was my stepfather's family. Yeah. So it's like, I remember as, because I was very, this very brown, long, long, dark-haired little girl. And they'd be like, why aren't you going to Indian student club meetings? And I'm like, because I'm, I'm Bohemian and yeah. I'm not in Polish <laughs> and I'm not Native. But like, so it was really funny because it's like I was always on the reservation taking part in a lot of the reservation things because my little brother and sister were. Mm-hmm. But it was always like a foot in, foot out. And so it kind of like even then gave me an eye for how representation is missing and and just how presumptions are made and how instant like and and just, you know, I've lost touch with 90 percent of the people I I grew up with because it is, you know, if if you're not uh, native, you're you're probably a Swede. And so it's like, you know, and. A lot of them have gotten just so conservative and so racist, and they're like absolutely convinced that there is no racism there. And you're like, oh, but I'm, oh, I can assure you, <laughs> I broke up with a guy who said that to me. <laughs> yeah, no, no, like racism's gone now. Yeah, and I was just like, are you? 
Okay. Mm. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you know what? If you want to just like walk down the street with me, I can show you that it's not. I'm just, you know, <laughs> leaving it out yeah. there. I mean, obviously, yeah. we're not getting back together because you're an idiot. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, I would love to like prove my point to you. Uh, I mean, it's literally there's just deal breakers out the- there. Yeah, like- and and not seeing color <laughs> is one of them. It's like it's like okay, and it's so funny because like you know when the protests happened and um you know we were out there and we were we were doing everything um you know I stayed friends with him and and he was just speaking out against him and I was telling I was like I was like this is it like I know I have a lot of friends that don't have the same uh, values as I do. And I have done everything that I possibly can to have as much possible patience. Um, but it doesn't seem like it's working. And I cannot surround myself by people who feel like my life doesn't matter or my yeah. son's life doesn't matter or like the rest of my family, you know. Yeah. And so it just got to a point where I just started unfriending people left and right. Cause I just, yeah. you know, I, I like, I have so many amazing things going on right now. I just did not need to be bogged down with that negativity or like, you know, yeah. jump on my Facebook one day and, and do something cool and then see someone with a, uh, you know, I was just like, yeah. 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 Um, the, the state, the statement that I find myself making is I'm not going to save room at my table for someone who's bringing nothing to it Absolutely. anymore. Yeah. And and because you you really hit a point where you realize you're saving space for people mm-hmm. that don't value yeah. you. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I hate the fact that, you know, racism and intolerance and all of these things have existed and flourished years. as well as there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, literally all that is done is is what's going on lately has just done some shaking to our universe that has brought it all floating to the top Yeah. versus, you know, yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I love some of the stories and the television series and, and stuff like that that's coming out now is I know when you were talking about, um, uh, you were talking about hunters on your uh, previous podcast. Hi. I loved that series. Yeah, and and and, I, and the funny thing is, I mean, obviously, I was pissed off at the last episode, but um, it was it was just it was all so much because here you have this that's on Amazon Prime, and then you have like unorthodox, right? That was on yeah. Netflix, and you have all of these, you know, these um, Yiddish slash uh, Hebrew slash Jewish, you know, style of storytelling these shows Mm -hmm. that are giving so much props or you know just attention to you know some of these things because we we have it in our history now or we have it in american history you know that um you know there are some some places some states that are trying to say certain events never existed yeah right and the thing is i think we're running into too is the fact that um I think you're a little bit younger. I don't remember, but I'm I'm 46. Okay, yeah, so, just a little. Like, yeah, I'm 41. Yeah, so I, like, my childhood was still hearing the voices of Holocaust survivors, mm-hmm. you know, and it was still, like, a really big thing. They were still occasionally finding, you know, Holocaust 
you know, officers and things in places like that was just that was just a normal thing of our of my childhood that that still existed and still talked about because they were still really, really real people. And now it's like it's fallen far enough into history Mm. where they can wash it away because it they don't have they can't just talk to their grandparent that like very vividly and vocally remembered it. And it's like. My family is, I'm ethnically Jewish, but like my family did a mass conversion to Christianity when they moved to the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Um, and practiced like Christianity in public. And then by the time my grandmother, um, they just, they just dropped everything because it was, you know, they, they dropped practicing publicly because anti-Semitism was so strong. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, that they just, they, when they married into a Christian household, they were just like... You know, yes, this I remember is who we getting are now. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I remember getting dealt in my Christmas stocking, which the you know, little, little strange. Uh, it, <laughs> but you know, it's so sad that you know that was the case because you know, like I said, like I, I loved hunters. I love everything mm-hmm. that I did. I hated. I mean, it's Jordan Peele though, because that's just how he is. He likes to, you know, put you on this ride and the super cool ride, and then he likes to literally throw the carpet right from under you and make you fall flat on your face and just be like, what the hell? (laughs) So I thought it was so crazy. And I thought we'd be totally bucking the system when I said, you know, what is your formative film? Mm. And then what is your modern horror that like made you really love the genre? Hearing how horror has been in your life and, and not in your life (laughs) makes, makes your formative film so much more like understandable Mm -hmm. so abby what is your formative film that you provided for me um so my formative film is get out uh mainly because all of the things that happened in that movie except for the head cutting stuff uh you know (laughs) usually happens you know i do have those friends who who sometimes need to just throw their privilege in front of someone and and just act like they're the, the superhero you know, mm-hmm. every single time, and it's just like, you know, it. it's so crazy, because I went to go, I, I mean, I've seen that movie at least, like, six times in the theaters to support it. Who knows how many times I've seen it outside of theaters. <laughs> but, um, I watched it for the first time, uh, literally for our, the second year I was at Crypticon, because I love Isabella Price. Um, she had me on a panel for Get Out, and, you know, all the girls were like, all the other girls that were on the panel too it was like Crystal Connors, um, Ren. Oh, I'm not remembering all the names, but um, okay. So, so you know, I was like, oh, okay, I haven't seen it, but you know, obviously, I'm gonna watch it before the panel. Duh. Um, and then um, I went. I went home and I went to sleep. I think I went to sleep at like around eleven, and I got up at seven o'clock because our panel was at eleven um, a.m. or twelve or something like that. And I spent two and a half hours digesting everything that I saw and I was like oh my god <laughs> like why did I watch this before the panel <laughs> because it literally shook it like yeah what my son says I'm not allowed to say it shooketh me to my core <laughs> oh hell no like, like, don't listen to him <laughs> <laughs> absolutely shook me to pieces um I'm going to, I'm going to pause you for just a quick second because sure. I'm going to say uh, the two things I think, cause we just kind of jumped right into everything. Yeah. Um, the two things that I normally do right before we start is I'll say my pronouns are she, her, Abby, what are your pronouns? So my pronouns are she, her, and they, and them. 
wonderful. And uh, typically we would kind of go through what we had uh, seen up until now. I don't care. Uh, We were talking about Get Out. Um, When we do get to the two movies that are featured in the um, formative and in the modern favorite, Mm -hmm. uh, we are spoiler heavy. We are going to talk about the ins and outs of everything. (laughs) Um, Typically I'll do like, you know, what I've seen lately. To be really honest... All I've been doing is watching TV because, like, my brain has been broken since the election. Um, <laughs> that was a fun election, wasn't it? <laughs> I, I, it was hard. <laughs> I was so angry at the world. That was so angry. Sorry, not the world. I was so, because e- even the world was like, hey, why the are you fuck, people dude? being stupid right now? And I'm just like, I was like, you know what? It's so crazy because I'm torn, right? Like I'm half and half because I grew up in England and then I spent um, the rest of my child and adulthood, you know, in the United States. And so, yeah. you know, I've gotten a chance to be exposed to, you know, both worlds and um, uh, a little bit more of the... Uh, oh goodness, the ignorance that is here too, because apparently yeah. black people can't be British. Um, so you know, it's just it's been really interesting just to uh see the judicial system. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, experience the one that you know we have in the UK, right? Like, uh, government government talks here is nothing like it is in parliament where people are like yeah. you know throwing chairs at the prime minister and and shouting and and swearing at him and all kinds of stuff so mm-hmm. so you know um seeing the the race that was going on it kind of reminded me of that that one time that I got to sit during a parliament debate you know cuz I I felt like I saw people throwing chairs you know people were trying to go to polls and they were being um uh told that they weren't allowed to they were being blocked um and yeah. then you had you know some other states that um you know were uh using their dead parents and grandparents as voters, you know, for, <laughs> you know, for just a whole bunch of stuff. And it just, it killed me. Cause I was like, this is the state of things. This is where we've come up yeah. to. We are so broken as a nation yeah. right now. Um, that, um, there's just no good reason it was no, as close there, as there, it is. Yeah. But, there's, and then, then there's this huge divide and it's yeah. scary, you know, as a yeah. person of color, it is very scary that, you know, the place that you live in, th- those are that many people that ha- literally hate your guts. Yeah. You know, and then being in the yeah. United States of America, and, and the onus, and it, 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 it's, it, it's doubly difficult because in, in one hand, the onus is being placed on, on liberals to, you know, reach a hand across the aisle. Like, well, you've just got to find common ground. It's like, where do you find common ground with racists? Yep. And on the other hand, there's this liberal notion of like, well, we've just got to like, we've just got to let the past go and move on from here. So we've got to forgive everything. And I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't know. Maybe if someone has so like, had has attempted so blatantly to circumvent the voting process, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe we should do something about that. So maybe somebody else in the future won't do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, we, we can, we've got to hope that someone won't have the fucking balls that Trump did to, like, just murder justice in its seat. <laughs> but but he's kind of paved a way. Like, if we don't, like, if we don't stop this, yeah. the door is the door's been nudged open. 
There needs like, to be some kind of, um, I don't even want to say legislature, but, you know, we're so, we're so broken. We need to be, Our system yeah, is so we need broken. to put the voting protections back in because very obviously. Well, no, first of not all, having first them what we work. need to do is undo everything that Trump did. <laughs> That's going to take a long time. Oh, God. <laughs> and it was just like, it was literally one after another after another. And yeah. I'm like. Who is this person and who is literally pulling his strings? Because it is a very smart person that is doing this right There's somebody intelligent in there. It's just not true. Yeah, it's definitely not him. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's just, it's so crazy because it, 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 all of it just boggles my mind on, you know, why uh, all of these things are, are, were, were all of those things were like happening. Like I just, it was just, it's so crazy because, um, you know, I just, I would never understand, like, why anyone would just have so much hate in their heart and all yeah. of that, you know? I yeah. mean, I, that's kind of one of the reasons why, um, you know, I, I really, like, throwing it back to Get Out, it's it's one of the reasons why I love the making of Get Out, because, um, you know, when, anytime I would go to go see it with friends, you know, they would look at certain scenes and they were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I, I know I do that to you. It made the microaggressions up a little bit higher. The thing that really got me, and, you know, I've seen it multiple times. And what's really funny is I actually watched it with uh, Tukla, Mm -hmm. who's 11. Yeah. And and the reason why I really, yes. But the reason why I did is Tukla... Tekla's favorite class and is having a really hard time with remote learning this year. Mm-hmm. But their favorite class was their world history class, okay. which taught redlining. It had an entire unit on redlining, on on voter suppression, on the things that have been done to make it harder for anybody who's marginalized to vote. Mm-hmm. And, and Tekla was just mind blown. Sh- <laughs> and they were, but, but they were like, no, this is why we have to do the things that we have to do. This is why we have to fix these things. And I'm like, if you're ready to talk about those things, you're ready to see that, you know, racism isn't just redneck hillbillies. Yeah. Like yeah. racism can be, you know, um, what is it? The, the, the MLK quote of the, the, the person who's doing the greatest damage is the moderate white person yeah. who is very comfortable with the status quo. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but yeah, like, so it was really, and it, it, what really blew my mind is I actually, so I've watched it multiple times, um, but I listened to the commentary today and hearing uh, him say that he wrote this when Obama was elected president. Mm-hmm. That was when he wrote it because people were saying racism doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, And so he very much wrote this as, Yes. It does. It might not be as blatant as you think it is, but some of the things that you do literally puts people on edge, you know, or they make people very uncomfortable, you know, like the conversations with the the whole golf thing. And it's like, okay, yeah, you know, obviously all black people know each other. I mean, sometimes we do, but you know, that's not always the case. Um, he even it, mentioned that. He's like, yeah, he goes, I kind of touched on certain things of the joke that we all know each other. Yeah. But what got me was that open. That open yeah, with Lakeith as he's walking through the suburban street. Yeah, yeah. And he's talking, and you don't know it at the time, his but he's talking on the phone with Rose. Yep. On his way to a party that he doesn't have the proper address for. Mm-hmm. 
And he's like, this isn't, like, I'm walking through a bad, like, this isn't a good neighborhood for me. Yeah. It's not a bad neighborhood. Neighborhood. It's just, it's just it's not, not a good. a great one that I should be in. <laughs> yeah. A lone black man walking through in the dark at night. Yeah. And it sets the tone. Yeah. And, and, and it's so funny because uh, uh, Peel notes that, you know, he does the exact right thing. Where as a car is following you, you go the other way. Yeah. Yep. But it's just the perfect open of like setting the the little things that have to be noted mm-hmm. as the a person of color walking through the world. The fear and everything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even on top of, I know he didn't really talk about it too much, but, you know, the whole walking past cars, right? And having people like audibly lock the doors on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, or the the clutching your purse really tight or... You know, all of that other stuff. And so, yeah, I, I, I mean, Jordan Peele is actually, you know, he's obviously 100% been, you know, have be- he has become um, one of my favorite horror writers, producers, directors, uh, because he knows what he's doing and he's pulling from real, real life experiences. And that's why it's so horrific, because you can literally throw yourself in that situation in an everyday scenario. Yeah. Every single day. Like, that's not even like a, oh my God, I had a dream about some serial killer who had, you know, a hand for claws or something like that. And he, like, visits your nightmares and kills you in your sleep. No. (laughs) Yeah. I'm kind of heartbroken that his produced version of the new Candyman. I I can't wait to see it. And I'm so glad that Tony Todd is in it, you know, because um, I got to see. a, a thing that he did with Langston Hughes just recently, um, and oh. Isabella Price again, um, where we got to watch the old Candyman, the original version mm-hmm. of Candyman. Um, and you know, he was talking about how he was so excited for like the new one, and mm-hmm. um, you know, he couldn't wait for people to see it because you know it's really, really terrifying. And you know, I was just like, I don't know if anything could be more terrifying than you know this man who falls in love with a, a woman and gets killed for it, like. Because yeah. he's a different color. <laughs> yeah. You know, especially when you're supposed to be in a, a world where um, mixed, mixed, um, you know, race love is supposed to be okay. Especially because they had to have a bloody court hearing about it. <laughs> and yeah. the court hearing was a, was called love. <laughs> yeah. Because that was the nasty yep. name of the, you know, it's just. The guy. It's yeah. so ridiculous. It's literally so ridiculous. Yeah. Just, yeah. I am. Um, Growing up in that small northern town, um, there there were no other than native. There were no people of color, and I started going to school in the next larger town over, which did have some people of color. And the first experience I had of seeing how just blatantly racist my town was mm-hmm. was I had some friends come back to the high school um, football game, and we were just the, the the people would just walk around the track as we were watching the football game. And I was walking around with a, a black friend that I'd made at, at school. And, like, I'd never really understood what a hate stare was, where yeah. somebody is just looking at you and watching you with hate. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, familiar. <laughs> yeah. That's nice you got to experience to that say, one time. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> sorry to say that um, I'm very familiar with that, um, especially when it comes to, you know, you know, who I date, um, 
and I mean, it's, it's, it, it's here, you know, it's, yeah. it's in, it's in Washington, unfortunately. Oh yeah. Everyone wants yeah. to believe that Washington is a super liberal state and it really, yeah. we're really close to Oregon, <laughs> yeah. which Oregon was start. It was, people don't understand that Oregon was set up as, as like a sundowner state, basically yeah, it was set much. up by white supremacists yeah. and, uh, that's that shit lingers like a <laughs> yeah. fucking bad smell. <laughs> I mean, if you if you even see like all of the um, uh, uh, eastern Washington too, like all yeah. of the the. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it was in the Seattle area that there. we had. <laughs> it was in the Seattle area that we had uh, one of the hangings. Yeah. And I use finger quotes with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure he was just committing suicide. I'm like, no. nobody, no, there's no black person anywhere that commits suicide oh. by hanging themselves out in public. That That isn't done by them. Yeah. And that wasn't even the only one. Like, there were no, no, it was all over like, different towns in yeah. Washington State. And it's just like, yeah. okay, so this is, this is where we're at now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, it was just, it was absolutely crazy. And, and it killed me because... You know, like, my kid would worry every single day, every single time that I would go out to the protest, you know, yeah. because, and I was doing, and I'm, I was doing the protests for him. You know, I yeah. was doing everything that I possibly could to make sure that he would be okay and he would yeah. have nothing to worry about, you know, when he walked into, walked into the street. You yeah. know, like, um, I even... You become a, a parent in every fight you do is for their future. Every single time, you know? Like, yeah. everything that I'm doing now with, with the filmmaking and trying to make a name for myself and everything, you know, I'm trying to make sure that he is comfortable, that he has, you know, nothing that he really needs to worry about, um, especially because he has a voice, too, but, yeah. you know, he's very antisocial, so I try to be the voice for as much justice for him that I possibly yeah. can be. You know, so it's mine and it's his, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be out there and, and doing everything, you know, that I possibly can. And and I'm glad that, you know, it's gotten to a point where it's actually been doing things. You know, I'm really appreciative of the ACLU for everything that they've been trying to do against, um, you know, the Seattle police department and (laughs) making sure that everyone's safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's been, I mean, it's obviously been really hard because, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not the marching kind of person. And and I only say that because, you know, my military service left me really discombobulated. Um, and yeah, you know, I can only do so much walking without using Ooh. a segue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, so I feel like it's easier for me to make my statements with my films and, yeah. you know, with the projects that I work on because, um, you know, I want to do everything that I can to make sure that we're all on like an equal playing ground. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and, you know, it's really important, especially now because everyone's just like, Oh my God, I need a person of color to write with, or, you know, I need a person of color to be the star and not be like the stereotypical star. And, you know, I need this. And it's just like, where was this? 40, 50 years ago when yeah. film was a thing. It, it was um, interesting. Um, and, you know, and it's unfortunate how um, when I watched Horror Noir, which I'm really glad was made mm-hmm. this year, um, but it was really good hearing from creators and actors um, talking about the process 
30, 40 years ago. Yeah. And saying, yeah, well, they did hire me as a male person of color to direct this film, but I was only, I was the only black person on set. Like, everybody else was white. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Until, until the, it opens up enough where everybody's getting hired. Yeah. That, yeah. And I know those yeah. statistics are slowly changing, but the nice thing is, is at least it's going up. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I, I got the first, the opportunity to direct for my first time. Um, this past weekend and we're finishing up, um, this weekend, but, um, I don't think that I would have been able to, if the protest hadn't happened, honestly, I have, I have no faith in the person that I, I, you know, wrote this script with, um, because that's been an up, down, up and up, uphill struggle that I can't go into because it would literally take us five hours to talk about it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) probably even more than that. Uh, but you know, it's just one of those things that like, I'm lucky enough that the crew that I have, um, is my family and they see the same vision in the story that we're trying to do because this story is about, is literally about the protests and like government conspiracies. Right. So, (laughs) so like, you know, you can't really get politically correct or like let, um, not politically correct is, is what I meant, <laughs> okay. you know, when it comes to fil- films about, um, uh, social justice and, and, you know, doing everything you can to be like the, the big person or the better person. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's been, it's definitely been a struggle. Um, and, and I, I'm so lucky that I have friends and crew and like coworkers, you know, that have just been encouraging me and not allowing me to leave because I think there's been like three or four times that I was like, I'm quitting. And they're like, you better not. You can't. You quit. (laughs) And then this thing is not going to happen. And I'm just like, yeah, well, damn it. (laughs) Yeah. You're not making this easy for me at all. Yeah. Um, you know, it, like I said, Um, it it is what it is, but yeah. Kind of rolling back to, um, to get out. Yeah. Like, what were things, like, because I remember that was a big part of that panel that you were doing. Yeah. Do you remember, like, so at that point, all of you have seen it, and mm. there's a lot to, to give accolades to with, I mean, the, the cast is amazing. Huh. Oh. Oh. The cast is amazing. <laughs> and, and, you know, do you remember, like, uh, any complaints of, like, things that you wish had hand, been handled differently or better? You know, honestly, um... I don't think I had too many complaints. Okay. <clears throat> um, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, I absolutely love, um, what's his name? Daniel, uh, Kaluuya. Um, yeah, yeah. As the, the main, you know, the as main. As Chris. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's like, he's a British actor. Give yeah. American actors the opportunity. <laughs> True, you know he's a and he's a brilliant actor. Don't get me wrong. Like I, like I said, I absolutely loved him. I followed him from Black Mirror, um, and you know up into uh, Black Panther, uh, and you know now he's in this new black another Black Panther movie. But it's like yeah, it's not like Marvel Black Panther. This is like um, one of the oh, people yeah, who yeah. are the voices of the Black Panther movement. You know, and, and I can't wait to see it. Like, I'm so yeah. excited, um, to, you know, actually like see that, see that come out. Um, but I'm glad that more and more movies like that are actually being made. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, 
I always, I always get sad when films, um, you know, especially films that are based in certain areas, always go out and pick, you know, people from not from that area, because there are so many talented voices that are in that area and they're getting passed up. You know, like yeah. for my productions, I always go local. You know, yeah. so if I can find a local actor that you know I know has an amazing reel. Uh, and everything, then I'm going to choose them because yeah. Um, yeah, it's about trying to give everyone that opportunity to be yeah. great. And they're not normally getting that, you know, especially yeah. with the, the big Hollywood productions. And, and at the same time, like, I don't want them to feel like they have to go all the way down to Hollywood or, or LA to yeah. actually say, you know, show their face. It's not yeah. fair. Um, yeah. But I, it's like I, when, it's like letting older women exist in film. Like I get that we've only got three women that are you know over the age of sixty that we we always go exist. to Helen Yeah, but like I'm sure you know every every year another woman hits that age. Yeah, <laughs> we could probably talk to them too. Street, like they, yeah. there's always the same women, and it's crazy because yeah. um, I just got cast for um, an amazing PSA about COVID um, and African Americans with COVID. Uh, um, down in Portland that's going to be shooting on Friday. And I had this amazing meeting with the producer uh, uh, today about the reason why they're doing this PSA and, you know, how it seems like, you know, people of color are being swept under the rug when it comes to COVID. Yeah. You know, and it is hitting them as, harder, you yeah, know. They're being just as affected with this as yeah. everyone else is and no one's really paying attention to that. Yeah. Um, and so... You know, I was just like, I was like, yeah, <laughs> finally, we're getting a voice, you know, at least with COVID, because, you know, <laughs> it's not like we're really get a chance to get a voice yeah. anywhere else. But the thing know, like, it, with it the just, movie, it, it, like, I love ahead. the symbolism that he had in there, like with the teacup, um, you know, with the um, auction Oh boy. <laughs> that silent auction that is broke my terrifying. heart. It literally broke my heart. <gasps> and I couldn't I don't know if you you were there for the panel, but like I couldn't speak. I couldn't speak for like a good 20 or so minutes because, you know, I was like the anytime I watch his films, it takes like a day to settle, right? It was yeah. the same with us. Um, you know, it was the same with the twilight zone um and it, it always takes time for me to process it and settle it because it's real life experiences yeah you know this stuff is like happening to people of color every single day and yeah. you know a lot of people don't think that you know their friend ever has experienced police brutality or or anything mm. you know yeah. and so yeah i mean it's just you know the, he's he just has all of these little little instances that are involved in the film that you know i was just like well even like the in the beginning with the police officer and you know the whole driver's license thing and he's like just yeah. chill you know like yeah I, let me do what i have to do because i don't yeah. want it to this be is what i worse. have to do to not be murdered by a police officer exactly like just Stop, stop making him angrier stop right now. Stop doing that. We're, we're, we're all, you know, we're all of Rose's thing is like, I don't want it noted here by a police officer that you were here at this time. 
He's like, don't make the police officer angry. So yeah. he shoots me with his gun. Yeah. Even the end, too, right? Like, you see oh the, the police sirens show up and you're just like, oh, I have fuck. never been so scared. I have never been so scared. Because, like, you saw it and in every other movie when the police show up. You're like, oh, thank God. But, like, a police officer shows up and there's a black man who's in danger. Mm-hmm. You're like. Who's got like, blood oh, all over him. And. And the fact that he he filmed, the fact that he filmed an ending where he gets taken to jail. Yeah, yeah. Thank God someone said to him, Don't do it. No, that that is reality. We don't need that in film form. Yep. (laughs) Like, when it was Rod... And I typically and I love Rod so I love much. Rod so much. Rod, I, 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 I hate that he is being the cliche comic relief in that situation. But he does it in such a good way. That yeah. is because I typically don't like that silly comic relief. Yeah, but he was the, like he was like the Jada Pinkett and Scream, yeah. uh, you know, comic relief. Like he's that yeah. person. Like, he's my niece who I take to a movie theater, and she's like, uh-uh, girl, they'll go in there. And I'm like, would you stop? She can't hear anything that you are saying through the movie. And she's like, but she's so stupid. Like, what is she doing? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you say, because they can't hear I love, anything. It was all sex cults. It was all sex cults. <laughs> Oh God, I I absolutely loved him. I love he. I mean, I loved him as an actor. You know, I loved his role because he made him that role that we all wish we could be. Yeah, right. You know, that friend that knows that their friend is in a dangerous situation and doesn't yeah. say, "Oh, I'm sure it'll be okay. You'll have fun." He's like, "No, no, bring my, your ass back home now." My favorite. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I love so many scenes. It was funny when I was when I was listening to the commentary um, with Peel. He said that when when Rose was being Chris's girlfriend, she was Rose. Mm-hmm. But when Rose was being that evil version of her, yeah, she had a nickname of Roro. Yeah. So so you know, with Chris, she was Rose. The scene between Roro. And and Rod oh. while he's on the phone with her. Ooh. Ouch. And when when she has Rose's voice coming out of her mouth, like joking with him, except she's just sitting there looking stone faced mm. and evil as fuck. Yeah, yeah. And she I like it's it's so crazy, like, you know, having an actress that can be a, a dual personality like that, I absolutely appro- applaud any actresses that play multiple roles or multiple personalities because it is really hard to be um in one mindset and then have to realize that you're gonna be in another mindset in like 10-15 minutes and just switch it on like that because it takes a lot emotionally to be that way and then realize oh my god i'm not a bad person (laughs) i have to get out of this mindset peel would note that it would take her about 45 minutes of prep yeah yeah. To be able to pull down into being, like, the evil version of her. I believe because, it. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely yeah. believe it. I mean, Leonard Nimoy had to be Spock all day in order to stay a Vulcan. So, <laughs> you know, it's just... <laughs> it's, <laughs> oh, my heart. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, did, I did one role, and this was, like, a really long time ago, and it was before I felt like I was a decent actress. 
Um, and the only reason I got it, the director told me, and we're, I mean, we're still friends to this day, but <clears throat> the only reason I got the role is to, he said, cause I could cry on cue. Right. And that just comes from years and years of manipulating my parents because when we were children, they would beat the shit out of us because that's what Nigerians do. If you do a bad thing, they will beat your butt. And that's how I became the really disciplined person that I am now, you know, like, like, you know, my mom would find a hanger or um, a slipper or, you know, she'd have her own switch underneath the bed or an iron that she would throw at us. She would never have it on, you know, like hot or anything. Yeah. Like yeah. But she would like throw it at us or, um, you know, she'd throw uh, <laughs> a book or whatever she could get her hands on. Right. And I was a bad kid. I was, re- I was a bad kid. Like I would like. Oh my goodness, I'm not even going to talk to you about the things that I did. But, um, you know, I did a lot of bad things. And that's why she sent me to go live with her sister um, in England. Because her sister's very scary. And, you know, she 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 scared me really, like, super straight. Or queer, whatever. But, you know, like, I, I had those instances where I was like, Okay, so um, you are the best gaslighter I've met in my entire life, Auntie. Victoria and I love you and I'm never going to do anything wrong as long as I live. That was a lie. But still, you know, I still had that semblance to make sure that I did everything I could to yeah. um impress her because she yeah. had this 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 style of not not spanking you. You know, just making you feel like you're the worst human on the planet. Yeah, she emotionally yeah. hurt you. Oh God, like to my soul. <laughs> Those wounds will never heal. To my soul. <laughs> uh, you know, so yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I'm I'm really appreciate. I mean, I love my my aunt was my mom. You know, she was the person yeah. who I was allowed to be comfortable with. Um, you know, I was allowed to be me myself, yeah. my queer self. Yeah. Um, with um, you know, and and you know, I'm I'm just so I was so appreciative of her you know, before she passed away and everything. And, um, you know, she's one of just like, she was my second mom. Like I, I can't see anybody else, you know, um, that was a better mom to me than she was. And don't get me wrong. I love my mom, but my mom is, is the like queen of gaslighting, (laughs) you know? And like, you know, there's, there's always, always something wrong with her. So, yeah, <laughs> and if everyone yeah. doesn't love on her, then it's just worse. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. You know, she brings so, the whole ship down. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. So, um, but like I said, Jordan Pill is is definitely one of my favorite, and he he was my pick for my other formative. Role. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so your your modern horror that you you suggested, I I was so happy, and you and the, I talked to you about being on the podcast. <laughs> Ah, before it was over. And so then we just wrapped it right up. So it was Lovecraft Country. Yeah, Lovecraft Country. (laughs) And you know, the only reason I actually got into it was because I got to interview Matt Ruff at Crypticon. (gasps) All leading back to Crypticon. (laughs) I know, it's the path to everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was, it was, I don't even remember who it was that reached out to me, but, um, you know, someone was like, hey, Matt Ruff is going to be here and, you know, he wrote this book and, um, you know, I'd love it if you'd interview him. Um, and I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, and I was just like, I was like, I don't know who he is. I didn't know he was local, you know, local mm-hmm. writer or anything like that. Um, so 
Oh, I wish that it didn't forget. I think it was Lorelai, actually. Lorelai Shannon, mm-hmm. who is the love of my life. Um, and I, she, she is wonderful. Me, yeah, she gave me a copy. Um, she gave me her copy. Um, she's like, "Don't worry, just keep it." And I was like, "Are you sure?" Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm I just like, I'm just like, oh, a white guy wrote this book, and it's and it's about Lovecraft. I'm not gonna enjoy this. <laughs> you know, like, like I fuck Lovecraft. Read it. My husband so read it and loved it and was so excited. And he was the one who told me, yeah. So I, I need to read I, that. I I cried. I cried at the end of the book because I was so, I don't want to say I was indebted to Matt, but, um, it sucked because like barely anybody was at his interview. I think we only had like three people there and they, we had this really big room for him. So it was just like a conversational thing between me and him. And I'm pretty sure people were kicking themselves in the ass now realizing that. You know, but they was, had an opportunity to, yeah. Yeah, he was at Crypticon and he was, you know, it, they were in pre-production of the book and, you know, still casting people and all this other stuff. And so, um, you know, we had, me and him, we had lunch before we did the interview, you know, just to like get to know each other. Yeah. Isabella Price was there again. Also, I'm going to tell you that girl, I love her so much. She's my best friend. <laughs> um, even if she doesn't think she is, she is. She is. Like it or not. Um, but... Uh, you know, we had this, <laughs> we had this great lunch. Um, and you know, I just, I was just like, I, I don't think that I know anyone else that have cat that captured the ridiculousness and racism of HP Lovecraft as you did in yeah. this book. And I yeah. am so appreciative of you as a human being, um, and as a writer, because, um, I will be talking about this book until the day that I die. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously the show came out and, um, I was absolutely in love with the first half of the show. And yeah. then I got to the last episode and I was like, well, obviously, you know, the show really deviates from the book. Yeah. Um, but then they, you know, got to the last episode and it just, I just wasn't happy. You know, I did not like the fact that they put this girl in a situation where she went and killed someone, first of all, um, or finished her off, you know, because you never Mm -hmm. leave the bad guys alive kind of thing. Um, Yeah. My real complaint was the treatment of Ruby. That that really, really angered me. Back and forth and then just killing her? Like, are you killing her off screen? Yeah. Like, just like, like, and, and she is just. I've got to admit that that she was probably my favorite character. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and to have had her life end like off screen is this like offhand thing that happened angered me so much. Yeah. Yeah. I just I and I mean I love the what she did, obviously yes. because you know she's, yeah. she's always going to love her sister yeah. more than she, you know, loves anybody else yeah. and um, I just, you know, I, I, I started listening to the podcast, the Lovecraft podcast and, you know, writers on there and, you know, they kind of explain why they do the things that they do. But I just, I felt like there was no justification for that last episode. I felt like they were trying to wrap things up really quickly. Really? They didn't really know fast. what they wanted to do for an ending because it yeah. was so completely off topic of the book, you know, cause the book ends on a happy note where this was just like. You know, we're like, Lovecraft always screws people in his book. So why would you make a show where, yeah. 
you know, those people were getting screwed over again. Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know. It just, it was I will say, so the, the last episode really fucking angered me. Yeah, definitely. But, like, the, the joy I had with Hippolyta's episode <gasps> will carry me to the end of my days. Uh, and the fact that she threw my sister's name out there, Afua, I was like, I was like, I texted, I texted her really quick and I was like, girl. And she's like, I know you saw it, didn't you? And I was like, yes, I did. <laughs> I was like, girl. She's like, I know. <laughs> it was so great. I was just like, did you know? And she was like, yeah, uh, duh. You know, because she's been doing. So um, Afu I met a year and a half ago. And we've just been great, great, great um, friends since uh-huh. we met in Ireland. Um, you know, probably being the only two black women there of like a kind of prominent you know kind of yeah. thing um and she uh you know she was she is doing or she's she was like the artist of honor for worldcon because um she's starting she was starting to pencil the um the new black panther comic that was coming out i think or that came out last year um and she does a lot of um you know, previous, like, stuff with, like, Storm and, and all that other stuff. She's a very prominent artist. Like, I love yeah. her sketches so much. Uh, and then, you know, she did a lot of the comic book art for Lovecraft Country, too. Yeah. Um. So, you know, when they did that whole little, you know, I, I learned it from an artist, Afua. You know, I was like, girl, Lord have mercy. She's like, she's like, I know. I was like, sis. She's like, I know. I was like, sis! She's like, I know. <laughs> you know? And it was like, you know, that whole weird unspoken language kind of thing. <laughs> it was just yeah. like, the back and yes. forth. It was just, it was so amazing, like, seeing her finally get her due. Because, yeah. um, you know, we were talking about, like, what she was doing for the panels. Because I tried to go to some of the panels that she was involved in. And, you know, a lot of it was like, oh, well, we're trying to get our, you know, our, our black person to, to you know... <laughs> do our do the diversity panels here and it was like you guys could have done better you could have just done something yeah. about women in comics you know or you know how how you know like uh the love for the love of art you know without yeah. having it have like a title pertaining to what she looks like right uh, and so mm-hmm. you know that was one of the things where you know she was just like i hate you know, I hate being the token. I was like, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, that's what I feel like I am a lot of the times for, you know, certain conventions and everything. And so, um, you know, when I, when I saw that they like finally, you know, threw her up there it was, and she's been, she'd been having, you know, a bad year in general. Yeah. Anyway, because, you know, most of the time the way she does, she makes her money is going to conventions and selling her. Yeah. Art, yeah. You, know, you have a to. gender. And yeah. everything, and so you know, not having her have the ability to be able to do that, like you know, one of the big events that she goes to is Dragon Con. So um, you know, we we got to do that last year, but you know, this year, obviously, you know that yeah, nothing that wasn't. Um, <laughs> Everything's come to a grinding halt in twenty twenty. Thanks, COVID. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was it was kind of frustrating um, for for her. And I wanted to do everything that I could to help, but, you know, production has stopped for us. So all yeah. of the extra funds that I was making, you know, it was kind of like at a standstill. Now things have been picking up a little bit. Um, and I've been yeah. fortunate enough to have an amazing agency, you know, that, um, 
uh, knows the things that call out to me that yeah. I would do good in when it came to auditioning. And that's an amazing relationship to have. I, I, you know, I'm not gonna. I'll, I'll tell you off, off, off. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love, I love. They're my LA, my LA agency, and they also um, represent Atlanta now. You know, um, and uh, you know, they're just absolutely like I just. They're my family, honestly. And I didn't even have yeah. them as my agents at first. Like, I used to just work for their film festival, you know, as, like, a cosplay judge and a panelist um, yeah. for some of their, you know, their stuff. And, and they literally had me come in and do um, a uh, one of their one of their judges that they're friends with because they know all of these people in L.A. Um, one of their friends came in to, um, you know, do, uh, do some information on, on like a panel right yeah. and like the next day she was hold, hosting a workshop and they were like mm-hmm. hey we're just doing this for our our clients but you know you're a part of our family so if you want to just come and hang out and see if you like it or you know you know get some tips on acting yeah you know they didn't know that i was an actress so it was so funny when you know we're given <laughs> these scenes and scene partners and you know we're like we're doing the scene, and I swear to God, uh, the the mother, you know, um, Carlene, uh, she Grager, she's fucking amazing. Um, when she saw me do my scene, her mouth just dropped wide open, and she was just like, "So like after we were done, she's like, Abby, what are you doing here? Like why are you here?" <laughs> Like, you could you could do so much because you have so much talent and i was like yeah. oh thank you you know like, yeah yeah <laughs> doing all that I'm stuff like, thank you very much yeah i'm like i'm glad you, you think that and she's like i had no idea i was like yeah you know <laughs> you talk about it's it's so funny when you talk about like you've mentioned a couple of times that they're family they're family mm-hmm. and i don't think when you talked about your 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 blood family, yeah, like that's very familiar. <laughs> like my, see, and on on the other hand, my family got a little bit uglier, and I'm estranged. Oh wow! So like my 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 friend family and my like my con family, like those make my days better. Like those are my family now. Those yeah. those families that I've created, and I don't, you know, I don't think people understand that aren't just a little bit weird. Like, we're all just a little bit weird. <laughs> and those those con families that we make and those friend families that we make, they're everything. Like, those are the people that have your back day to day. Yeah. I keep and tell- those are the people that you exist your life with. Yeah. I mean, I keep telling people, like, you know, we can never um, pick our blood relations, but we can always pick our family. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it's really important because there's so many friends that I have that are you know, just, they're just alone because, because they're different, you know, because they're not what their family consider normal and stuff. And it's like, I'll, you know, I'll be your family. I'll be your mother. I'll be your sister. I'll be your really annoying cousin. I'll be the aunt that likes to complain about everybody. If you need me to, I will do whatever (laughs) you need. Just let me know because no one deserves to ever, ever feel alone, especially, especially if they're just being themselves. Exactly. You know, so, but yeah, I I mean, 
I love I love Lovecraft Country for what it gave. Um, yeah. Because a lot of people did not know. Its high notes were so high. Yeah. And then people did not know about, like, I, I mean, when I, even uh, with Watchmen, I didn't know anything about Tulsa. I had no idea about Tulsa. And then they actually filmed scenes that happened at Tulsa. And it was just like, yeah. Ugh. I yeah. was super lucky having grown up in like a really small town, but I moved as soon as I was an adult, I moved away to the city. Yeah. And, um, so I like my, my early adulthood was in Minneapolis and I went to this community college that had this, his, his, he was Jewish. He was originally from New York and he taught multiple history classes. And one of them was radicalism and alternatives. Mm. And it was talking about, you know, people like it was, you know, people's history of the u.s so yeah. that was where i heard about tulsa and that was where i heard about you know things that aren't talked about in our history books mm -hmm. like but if i hadn't taken that class i'd have never known yeah yeah, yeah. if i had never watched the show i would have never yeah known. <laughs> you know like people keep talking about tulsa and i'm like what happened at tulsa what and it's tulsa? like <laughs> oh that's what happened Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I have kept you on for a good long while. I am trying to find kind of a new way to wrap up to, because I, I noticed with my last episode and I'm, I'm learning my way. Yes. I am in a, I am in a new, a new world of this podcast. I love this. I love getting to talk to, to new people every week, but I, I noticed last week it was just like, and we're done. I was yeah. like, what? That actually kind of hurt. So <laughs> What I'm going to ask is, what is the first horror movie that you remember seeing? Uh, so, I think I mentioned it earlier. It was um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, and I had nightmares for oh. a really, really long time. Um, and I still have nightmares <laughs> when I see horror movies, right? Like, uh, mm -hmm. me and the boyfriend, we just watched uh, Haunted ha House on Bly Manor or something like oh, that. Oh, The Haunting of Bly Manor, yeah. Yeah, The Haunting of Bly Manor, who uses all of the same people from The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I heard that it's supposed to be a series or something like that yeah. that they're trying to yeah. do. Um, but yeah, I couldn't so many, sleep. So many ghosts. Those ghosts are creepy as, creepy as hell. Do you know that I don't allow myself to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning if I have to? So if Aww. I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and I have to go to the bathroom, I'm going to hold that shit. Because I don't know if there is a, um, a ghost that's coming out that's going to grab me by the neck and then turn me into a ghost and then my body is just on the ground or being dragged gonna to be a waiting lake in the lake somewhere. <laughs> You know, fuck that noise. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. I will piss my pants before I ever like, have some can... ghost drag my ass to a lake. You're like, what? I'm okay. I'm good. I can wait. Can no, wait. Sorry, I have like, a, you know, a like... bladder the size of a boat. It's going to be just... <laughs> the, the girl from New Jersey had to come out really quickly and, you know, just take off her earrings for a bit and just, and just you know, reason... With the ghost, because that wasn't going to happen. The ghost is like, yeah. you're, you're, you're mine, bitch. Get over okay. here. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry for the way that I offended you in any way. Any, any type of way. Just let me live, please, as you see my, the piss leaking down my legs. So my and, other question is going to be, <laughs> what does a horror movie need for you to enjoy it? Um, I think it has to have a little bit of realism. Right. Yeah. I think it has to have that moment that you're just like reality really scares you. Yeah. Like yeah. you're you're just like this that could be my house. 
Um, that could be my neighbor, you know, like that's why it's really hard for me to watch things like unsolved mysteries because, you know, like that could be my, that, that was literally my hometown, you know, that things like that happened or, you know, or I know that person. Right. So I think if it had an element of reality, I think that that would hit me more because, I will keep seeing that every single day until eventually I forget about it or I see something else that's new that's just going to scare me all over again. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. I, I live my so... life in fear, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> this seems really untrue. Because you're amazing. You just force your way through it. <laughs> you got to. I I am so thankful. I believe it was Marshall that introduced us, like in a hallway. And I thank him so much. I thank him every day because I am so glad I got the chance to say hello to you, and I'm so glad we had the chance to talk tonight. Definitely, me too. So, so I'll wrap this up. Uh, Talk to you. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, and I'll talk to you again in two weeks. Don't Read the Latin can be found at don'treadthelatin.com, on Twitter at drtlpodcast, on Tumblr, or at facebook.com slash don'treadthelatin. Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and themes about us. We're dying to meet them. <laughs>